0: well well welcome 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 you are now tuning into the positive deposit podcast where we transform minds and change lives and you know um it's a it's an honor to have this guest on today um because we we share a lot of commonalities commonality excuse me uh, with having stage four uh hodgkin's lymphoma yeah. um and uh, before we get started because i'm really excited about this because uh, he's very motivational. I see his videos on Instagram, you know, and it's uh, it's inspiring. I'm about to get on that hill. I definitely am going to get on the hill. Yep. <laughs> but uh, I want to give this opportunity for you to, you know, introduce yourself, uh, Mike, and tell a little bit about yourself, and, and we'll get right into the conversation. Cool. Uh,
1: well, Mike Hill, I am the founder of Dog Culture LLC. Uh, like, like Presley said, I am a stage four cancer conqueror. Um, I was diagnosed in 2011. Uh, I was playing arena football at the time. And I went through a series of of chemo treatments. And then doctors started to tell me that, you know, it wasn't looking good and I should take a cruise. And I actually heard a couple times that, hey, you're going to die soon. So me being a football player, there's something called like a dog mindset, right? And it's the, the, the motto is kill or be killed. And I was literally in a situation where it was kill or be killed. So I had to take that approach and I had to shift my mindset from football to cancer. And I said, no matter what happens, if it's an obstacle, I'm gonna run right through it. And um, we'll probably get into it more, but long story short, I've been through um, over 50 chemo treatments, um, stem cell transplant. Wow. And in 2013, You know, I, I received my own stem cells a new immune system, and I've been trucking ever since. Um, and so I created Dog Culture. And do you want me to get into how that started? Me, or? Be,
0: I'm gonna I'm take you back, but I, I mean, this, 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 just that you just said. Uh, you said a uh, fifty. Now, see, I thought I was going through something. I only had to do twelve. So you did fifty. So we're gonna jump into okay. that. So,
1: so all right, let me let me clear it up. It was about fifty. Okay. Um, Cause it was about three years. And okay. over three years uh, okay. yeah, Yeah, it was
0: yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that. So where were you at when you first got diagnosed, man? You know, I I know you said in your in your bio, you know, you're about 25. Like, were you just coming out of college? You were working, like, how did you find out about your diagnosis? Okay, so
1: I graduated college um in 2007. and I was in the, the mini camp with the Redskin. So as a kid, the dream is to go to the NFL. So right. I'm there and I'm like, boom, I ain't going home. Then I got cut, right? So <laughs> I transition into arena football, right? Okay. And so my dream is still there. I'm still talking to scouts and um, teams like, yo, you need to lose some weight. I'm like, cool, okay, okay, I'll play arena. I'll use this platform to get back. So my what position
0: did you play? I played safety. Oh, so he had to put the. My, my guns ain't there yet, but yeah, that's safety. <laughs>
1: I played safety. And um, so I transit I'm I'm sorry. So the first year I did really good. And then my second year, um my body was acting a little weird. So I would put my pads on and I would just immediately start itching. And I had dreads at the time, so I'm like, all right, maybe it's the dreads. And and um eventually I cut my hair. Just like going crazy, I was like, I don't know, I got lights. I don't know. I just cut it yeah. and yeah. it got like it kept coming, it got worse, and I kept playing. But then, like, my reaction time was off. And then eventually, um, so in arena, we had practice at 12 o'clock at night. Uh, I was falling asleep behind the wheel going to and from practice. So I would be driving, beltway, come off the curve, hit the curve, wake up, fall back asleep. And eventually I was like, well, maybe I don't love football because now I'm at practice and I'm not really feeling it because I don't understand what's going on with my body. So mid-season, I retire. So I'm, like, kind of depressed. And I'm working out still, but I just like like, did I really give up on my dream? Like I'm feeling like I don't like I'm not a, the type of guy that gives up, but I just couldn't play anymore. So yeah. I'm working out one day and I'm pushing some weight and I feel like a, a pull in my neck. And um, so it was like I was military pressing 225. So I was like, okay, maybe it's because the weight was too heavy. So I came home, put ice on it, kept it moving, and really never thought of it again. The knot never went away. So this yeah. is like October, December comes, it's still there. And I just think, you know, I got to pull a muscle. And that's what it is. So um, I get sick, December 31st, 2010. I get sick and I go into the hospital because I had asthma growing up, right? Yeah. So, side story, when I was born, the umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck. And wow. the doctor told my mom, cause I didn't breathe for like two weeks. They were like, oh, if he makes it, he'll be brain dead. So. I tell people I was I was born fighting, like, born fighting for my first breath. So I go there, and I get on my little breathing machine, and right before I leave, like, they was about to release me, I said, can you check out this knot, because I think I pulled a muscle. Right. She touched my neck, eyes got really big, she left, came back, like, yeah, we got to admit you, you got to do a biopsy. Wow. I'm, I'm still, I'm like 25, I don't know, I'm like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. And, you know, I go in. Do the biopsy and they admit me in the room. And I'm literally thinking, like, I got the flu. I, I just don't know. So they come in, a team of doctors, and they're like, hey, how you doing? Like, I'm cool. And um, they kind of like looking at me like crazy. And I'm like, what's up? And they say, okay, so well, we ran the results of the biopsy yeah. and you have stage four Hoskins lymphoma. Still don't really know what it is. And I'm like, all right, so I gotta, you know, go to the pharmacy. Like, what, what do I need to do? Yeah. And they was like, nah, it's, it's a little deeper than that. You got to take chemotherapy. And it kind of hit me because, like, I know what chemotherapy means. And I'm yeah. saying, so I say, chemo is associated with cancer. Right. And she says, well, what you have is a form of cancer. And it's in the last stage, so we have to act fast. And then that's how it found out.
0: So when you finally put the two and two together, that lymphoma and cancer fall into the same line, what was going through your mind then?
1: I don't think I, I don't think I like spoke for about two days. Mm. And I'm, I'm like, you know, high school, I was class clown. I'm the clown of my family. And it was like two days where I just didn't like understand. It, it wasn't registering. Yeah. And, like my parents were like, you okay? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm straight. And um, it did, it didn't really sink in until I was like, I got cancer. And then, for some reason, I was like, well, this is a challenge, so let's do it. So okay. once I, like, locked in, like, all right, I'm going to take this chemo, and I'm going a, I'm a to beast, beast this joint. And once I got there, maybe two, three days later, I was okay with the challenge. And then that's how everything really started.
0: So what was it? What, I mean, you mentioned chemotherapy. What was that treatment cycle like? Was it biweekly? Was it, you know, you had to do radiation as well? Like, what was your treatment, treatment like?
1: Right. So I never did radiation. Um, And I was, I was at Kaiser and Largo and I did, I think I had to go every day. Um, not yet. So I did, I think I did two days on and like two days off or something like that for like two weeks. And, um, it started out like really helping because I couldn't go outside in the sun without my body itching and feeling uncomfortable. So I stayed in the house all the time. So after like, three or four treatments i look like i peeked my head out the window and like you kind of like sit in the car and not go crazy so it was working but it was like probably like every two days i had to go in
0: so so just being out in the world you would just start to itch
1: yeah like i couldn't even i couldn't even chill in the world (laughs) like (laughs) i I didn't go outside the house
0: that would be so annoying man that would definitely be so annoying so Outside of that side effect, what were some of the other side effects that, that, that took place?
1: Okay, so it's three major ones. It's it's chronic itching, um, fatigue, and then night sweats. And the night sweats, it was like I would have to change my shirt like four times a night. Yo, it's so, so annoying, right? So exactly. Annoying. And it's like, because at first I didn't know, so I'm like, I'm sweating, this is crazy. So I was sleeping with a fan and a heater. And like, cause I'm cold because yeah. I'm sweating, but then I'm hot. So I had the fan and the heater on and yeah, the night sweats, um, that was annoying. But what I didn't mention in 2010, the itching started January, 2010. I actually yeah. went to the several hospitals trying to figure out what it was. And they was like, it's dermatology related. Let, let's change your soap. Let's change your, your, your detergent. And I actually went to Hopkins, and they still like they took skin samples. They still couldn't tell me anything. So I was like literally scratching sores in my legs because it was itching so bad, and I was just bleeding all over the place. My feet, right. my legs, it was crazy.
0: So I mean, isn't that isn't that crazy? And I and I experienced kind of the same thing where like the sweats, and I'm thinking like you know maybe I got a cold or things of that nature. But these are some of the things that are some of the symptoms of Hodgkin's lymphoma that if you don't get the, it checked out or you don't know, you're just thinking like, it's just common, common colds or just, right. you know, you exercise a lot. So all right, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, and right. so, uh, um, that's just, that's, that's interesting how it's like, you were just itching, but that was a side effect. And if you would have known that before, you could have probably, you know, caught this, uh, a lot sooner. Um, yeah. and so, um, so you did the chemo, you finished the treatment, but then you see what I'm saying, like it came back. How, so, how was that? How was that experience? So I'm I'm a little hard headed, right? So I did the <laughs> Are I we did, all? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I did the chemo. And like once I started being able to go out into the world again, I was like, oh, I can be a regular person. Okay. So something like an individual close to me said, Cause it was it was hurting everything. Like it wasn't just killing. Cause you know what the chemo does? It kills the good and the bad cells. Yeah. So yeah. I kept being admitted to the hospital because I had a lot of fluid build up in my lungs. So okay. like they were draining like 1.5, 1.7 liters of fluid like every couple of days, and I started to get frustrated. And they wouldn't let me leave the hospital because they said my blood pressure was too high. And I was like, I'm fine. So eventually I took it upon myself to stop taking the chemo, right?
0: So someone
1: suggested maybe you should go this holistic route. And I was like, you know what? I am gonna go the holistic route. That was the first time my doctor said I was gonna die. She said, if you stop taking this medicine, you'll die. And then I was like, yo, you challenging me? So (laughs) (laughs) I was like, cool, I'm definitely gonna stop now. So I go and I go this holistic route and Dog, I, I was doing the craziest thing—jumping on trampolines, taking these rocks, um, yeah. no meat—and then four months later, the symptoms came back like extremely. Um, it was it was bad, and so I was like, "Yo, oh, I'm sorry." So I called the doctor, right? The holistic doctor who picked up my phones all the time. He didn't pick up. I texted him, "Hey, doc, um, my symptoms are back. What should I do?" Didn't respond. Yeah. Email. Call to this day has never responded to me, bruh. Like to this day, never responded. So when I went back, you know, I go back and they got the I told you so face. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And then I start taking the chemo. And then after my um couple treatments, PET scan, they was like, nothing's like it's not changing. And then yeah. that's when
0: that's when it kind of got a little shit. So so you're being hard headed. <laughs> <laughs> right going a holistic, you know, um, route. And then you you talked, to, and I was reading your bio and you talked about stem cell transplant. Mm-hmm. You know? um, was that a, that was the cause and effect of, you know, you getting off the treatment and then, you know, it, it becoming worse? Yeah. So, so after I came back and, uh, and the, the chemo
1: wasn't working, I did about maybe four or five more Adriamycin and all this stuff. I did a couple more treatments with Kaiser and then I went to do the stem cell. Okay. Stem cell, I'm, I'm sorry, the um, bone marrow, because my father was like a half match and they were like, okay, we can do this. So it was set up for me at Hopkins to go for like a week, do my bone yeah. marrow, travel back and forth. And then after I got that last high dosage, I took my PET scan and then she was like, oh, this is bad. And I'm like, what you mean? She said, it didn't work. And 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 it's like nothing else we can do. I said, all right, but what? Like, what is the next treatment? She's like, no, I'm telling you, there's nothing we can do from here. Wow. And then she said, Have you ever been on a cruise? Same doctor who told me I was gonna take a L. Have you ever been on a cruise? And I'm like, yeah. Why? And she said, Maybe you should, you know, go on a cruise and and see some sights because it's not looking good for you. And then
0: so wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold. She she already saying like. It's almost over for you.
1: Right. She, she caught, like, she tried to write me off. It was a wrap. Mm. And her, but that's the thing, because doctors only know the statistics. Like, they yeah. only know, like, their facts. And then right. they put those facts on you. And that's what I tell people. You can't let other people's experiences become your truth. Like, your truth is your truth no matter what. So when she told me that, that was another challenge. She said, what you going to do? And the only thing I can say is, like, I'm going to pray. Like, yeah. that, that's all I can do. I said, and then I said, I'm going to beat it on my own. So I went about two or three weeks going to the gym, like, lifting weights, trying to get as strong as I can physically to beat cancer because they said there's nothing else. I said, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to yeah. lift weights. That's all I know. And I'm going to, like, really be a dog. and I'm going to beat this job. And, bro, when I tell you the late night hours, when the pain set in and it was just me – And I like walk my dog at like 12 o'clock at night, man, I would break down so many times. And I just like wonder why, like, why, like what did I do wrong, bro? And that's the part. Cause I don't know if you experienced it, but after the chemo, that, like that's the part that kind of kept me in a place of depression because I, I didn't understand like what I did. And then I guess it was like that victim mentality, but like, why me type thing. And I had to get out of that. But I'm sorry, so, fast forward. No, no, you're
0: good. I mean, and you, you talked about your faith and um then you got into depression. How did you get out of the out of that why me mentality? Because us as men, mental health is really a thing. And sometimes yeah. that alpha man in us were like, No, I don't need to see a therapist. No, I'm good, I'm good. Mm-hmm. But you know, for us as survivors, I did like you, I had those moments. Like, yo, know, why do I have to go through this? And mind you, that this was the second time, but what yeah. What did you do to get out of that mentality? Cause that's that's a dark space, man. A really dark space. It it's funny because
1: I didn't I didn't want to get out of that space. Like I wanted to rebel. I wanted to do everything that I wasn't supposed to do. Cause like I was born up, I was raised in the church, you know? Yeah. And, and I had this, and I don't know how this might come off to other people, but I I had this religious mindset of I gotta do X, Y, and Z, and I gotta be perfect in order to get blessed. So that was my mindset going through college. Like I got to do everything right to go to the league. So that's what I was doing. And that's where the why me came from. The perspective, my perspective was off. It was like, yo, I've done everything right. How can this happen to me? Right. You know what I'm saying? And, right. and now I understand that it's not about your works. You know, it's about like who you are as a person. And now is uh, my perspective is life is going to happen. It's just how do you perceive it? If you look at it as this is an opportunity for me to grow, then you don't come from a victim, you know, mindset. You come from a winner's mindset. So now when I approach situations in life, it's like, okay, yes, this happened, but how can I make it benefit? And I didn't get there. I'm bouncing all over the place. But the way I got out was this. So I'm in a place and my mom was like, yo, you got to tell your story. And I'm not telling nobody nothing. (laughs) <laughs> and I started, like, randomly bumping in to people who got diagnosed with cancer. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm not talking to them. But when I hear them, like, when I hear them talking and I see them break down, like, it's, like I was drawn to them. So I was like, I would talk, I would, yo, stage four. And this is still from a place of, of being, you know, in that, in that dark space. But I understood what they needed at the moment. So I would go and I would talk to them like, look, you're going to be okay. Because I, I I would tell them straight up, like, don't listen to the doctors. Because they told me I was going to die yeah. several times. And I said, you're going to be okay because I had stage four and I'm still here. And there's several people that, like, they came back to me and they cried and hugged me. And, like, you really helped me. And then I'm like, yo, so what, what's it really all about? So now I'm like, I, I'm understanding that what we go through isn't for us. So then once my mind started to go there, it's like how many people am I really helping from telling my story? And then I I just kind of shifted to a place of gratefulness because now I understand that I'm here for a reason. Like I could not be here. Cause there were people that I went in with who didn't make it. Like I would go back to the hospital. You remember so-and-so, yeah, oh, he didn't make it. So now it's like, it's all like coming together. Like I'm here for a reason. And once I started to realize I had purpose outside of football, the depression went away. Cause I, I honestly feel like we all just like we're seeking that purpose. And once we find it now we have something bigger than ourselves to live for.
0: You feel me? No, that's powerful, man. And um, I, I appreciate you sharing that because, and I'm glad you got over that hump or that, that resistance of not sharing your story because your story is not for you. Right. You know what I'm saying? is for someone else and to be not only your testimony but a blessing so that way that's that hoping and and that inspiration like all right if this man can get through it and he's being vulnerable and naked with me i know i can do it too so i'm glad that you got over that journey now let's talk about dog culture so yeah let's talk about dog (laughs) culture so because i feel like that this uh dog culture uh is a part of the work from this you know what i mean like Mm -hmm you're, you're a cancer conqueror. I've never heard that before. So a cancer conqueror. So yeah. let's talk about dog culture. How did you, you know, did you formulate this after, you know, you finished, you know, chemo and everything?
1: Yeah. So this it it's funny how it happened. Um, and so I do, this is why I say conquer it all, because I feel like when you survive something, you still, it still has power over you because like when you survive something, that means it's bigger than you, but to me, and this is just my mindset, when you conquer something, you own it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I'm I don't fear death, I don't fear cancer, I don't fear nothing because I believe that I'm bigger than what happened to me. And that's why I say I'm a cancer conqueror. Um, but when um I was working at the State Department, which I still am, but so one, I just was excited to be able to pay bills. Like it was crazy. It was Thanksgiving, they like, what you thankful for? I was like, Man, I get to pay bills like I'm, I'm alive you know what I'm saying I just, I'm out here and then but that kind of went away like all right I'm here I made it two three years later now I'm missing football I'm missing purpose and that's when I started bumping into people so I was talking to my friend uh, my man Mark and I said yo I can't do this like, I'm sitting behind a desk like this is not for me and I started like applying for uh, PG police and CSKs because yeah, yeah. I got friends in, in the law enforcement and I would go and I pass the physical test, but I like I uh, failed a lie detector. I'm like, yo, I ain't no liar, but i would be nervous because I'm not a good liar. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if I say something and I don't know how it works. But so my boy was like, yo, just just make your own. I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means, but you're right, make your own. Then I apply for another one and, and I regret to inform you. And then eventually, um when we got furloughed. I was just like writing stuff down. So, I can't do this. And I'm like, I should just I should just come up with something like dog. Cause I always said, like, when I was young, like, what's up, big dog? Like, that's how I talk. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I should just like come up with something like dog. I said, dog movement, a dog. And yeah. I just kept saying it. And I wrote it down. I like scribbled it on a piece of paper. And my barber at the time, because my hair is like bald and it's crazy. So, yeah. he's like an artist and he'd be blending in and he can actually paint too. So I like gave him this paper with the word dog on it. I said, "Yo, I think I need you to make me a logo. I'm a, I'm gonna start wearing my own clothes because yeah. I don't cuz when I was at state, I had to wear slacks. I'm like, this isn't me. I'm a football player. I want to be comfortable." I said, "Well, I just make my own." And um he he sent me this logo and I said, "Yo, I was like, that's crazy." So mm-hmm. I said, "I think I think this is um what I'm going to do so the dog culture clothing is like one side of the business but the like the motivational speaking is like what I'm really in love with the clothing just runs hand-in-hand because I'm a football player you know in athletic apparel but the culture this is like what it stands for is desire attitude will and grind and what I always tell people my desire to live was bigger and that doctor that kept telling me I was going to die. I had yeah. to keep a positive attitude even when I looked in the mirror and didn't see myself like I was, I don't know who that dude is yeah. but I'm going to keep my eyes on the prize. And I had like when I did the when I did the stem cell transplant um quick story I was running around the hospital that like before with, with my little my little uh pulley thing with yeah. and they was like clapping me on and when after my stem cell transplant I couldn't move but I had to like will myself out the bed, so I, was like, I just got to get up. So that was like you got to will yourself through whatever's like whatever's trying to stop you. You got to will yourself to do what you said you were going to do. And then the grind was no matter how long this takes, I'm not going to quit. So I'm gonna put my head down, I'm gonna grind it out. And the whole culture, that's how it came about.
0: So let me let me I'm gonna switch gears and let's go through. Did you watch the uh, the uh, the verses last night?
1: Nah. I, <laughs> Alright, Snoop, DMX. I didn't even no. Nah, I didn't see none of that.
0: Are you a fan of either one?
1: Um, both, but X really though.
0: X, okay, okay. Yeah. Cause I, cause I was gonna ask you who, who you think would have won, and a lot of people were they got mixed feelings, but you know, uh, I feel like DMX. I ain't gonna lie, I feel like Bro. DMX came with that, with that, that more grit. Like Snoop is a is a nice little nice Doberman.
1: Yeah. But <laughs> <X> is... <laughs> right. But
0: X is like that that mean, tough, husky yeah. pit bull. You know yeah. what I mean? He yeah. was he was running out of breath, so you might need to highlight at him. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I might need to get help him Thank up that hill. Hey, yo, he was he was he had to sit down a lot, a lot of times. You see what I'm saying? Catching his yeah. breath. but um, <laughs> but, uh, but uh but 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 I love your movement because never quit, never stop, never fold. You see what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. it's, when I think about that, I think about my cancer journey and just for cancer survivors is like you you have to put yourself in that mindset that you will never stop you will always continue to fight and you can never fold because there's people with as strong as me and you that mm-hmm. have are here today you know what i mean i'm two time and i had two different you know types of cancers one large b-cell lymphoma which that's that's a whole nother you'll hear about that in my journey you know what i mean but the, the stage four like you and and I and I just commend you because you know like yeah you were being hard headed and we get that time the, at that time but you still kept you got back on track right and then you did the stem cell you humbled yourself and now you're saying you have a platform that is inspirational and um and I only commend you for you know what I mean definitely bringing that to light and being consistent because a lot of people ain't consistent right and um but i, I want to talk uh i want to switch gears because i like dog but like i like what you're doing because this is it's a story behind this t-shirt it says i mean like i ain't never been on your hill before You <laughs> <know> <laughs> understand? but i just want you to tell people like what you do for cancer survivors just like myself you know what yeah. i mean that you just do out of the love because that's that's pretty dope that um When I, I think I did National Survivor's Day. I think that's when I did the post or something. Okay. And then you hit me on the side. And when I, and I'm like, did we go to Howard? Did we, we're at a party? You see what I'm saying? Right. (laughs) You were like, yo, congratulations. And I'm about to send you this shirt. What's your t-shirt size? I mean, I got the wristband. You see what I'm saying? So tell people, tell people what you do for cancer survivors, man.
1: So initially I started my company, like, strictly for cancer patients and cancer survivors or conquerors um and my wife she she's like she's dope and she's the reason like i branched out and i'm doing all this stuff now but initially it's because i have a heart for cancer uh patients and p and their families because i understand what it does um to a family to to people like even if like you can't work in that doesn't even matter anymore. All you're focusing on is living. Like, I just need to see the next day. So when I hear about people battling, one, I think about what I thought about and what I needed at the time. And one thing I know I needed was a support system other than my family, as weird as it might sound. My family, of course they were there for me and I love them for it, but I was so angry that I didn't like, I didn't receive, I didn't receive their like, Love, I just was like, yo, don't talk to me like you don't yeah. understand. And and I, I really clicked with my nurses because I yeah. felt like they understood me. Because everybody else was just like they would treat me a little differently. Like, you okay? They all right. right. so now like I come from a place of I, right, I see what you're going through and what I needed was um I needed a support system and I needed somebody who knew what I was going through. So yeah. because I can relate, I want to reach out to let you know you're not by yourself. Because I've been there, and if you have any questions, I am here. And yeah. if you want to talk any hour, I don't care what time it is, because I was yeah. up 3, 4 o'clock in the morning with nobody talking. I, I give people my information like, yo, just hit me. I'm here. i wake up. I'll talk to you, whatever yeah. you need. So when I see people that's going through it, I just want to send them a dog culture T-shirt to let them know, yo, you're strong enough. Because yeah. I have people who battle cancer, and once I send them the shirt, they would take a picture in chemo with their shirt on, they were like, "I wear this shirt every single time because it lets me know how strong I am, and I do got that dog in me." So what I do for cancer patients and cancer survivors, like I literally connect with them because I feel like we're family. And yeah, if you need something, like if you don't have anybody, just know I got you. Regardless, I got you because I needed that for me. You know, so
0: yeah, that's why. no, and 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 that's dope, man. Because like I getting the shirt like of course you know people hit you and be like all right send me when but when i got it i knew that you know what i mean it was already a connection we already have a connection because we're survivors right mm-hmm. but like it, it motivated me not only to you know go to your page but to kind of see what you were about you know because i i'm a firm believer that we as cancer survivors you may call us conquerors you see what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, i yeah. feel like we're superheroes man you know we're we're superheroes and and we that you won't know unless we, you know, bring out that Superman and tell you. You <laughs> yeah, see what I'm right. saying? We just, you know, whether you're a Superman, whether you're a Wonder Woman, whether yeah. you know, what I mean, you Iron Man, whatever it is, or if you're a dog, you see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, um, we are here for a reason, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that you are paving the way and, and sending the elevator down to inspire people to rise up to the occasion, man, because that's that's monumental, man. It's yeah. monumental, and so, um. Since you exercise football, I want to ask you about some myths, man. So, I want to ask you some myths about exercise cuz you yeah. know like you know some people need to know these things, man. So, right, right. is it you know, stretching before you work out? Is it necessary? Is that like that you're supposed to do that? What what do you what do you think about that?
1: So, if you're young, you can get away with it. Okay. Um when you get a little older, you might want to take care of your body. And me personally, I still don't stretch and I hurt myself at times, but I feel like like, I ain't got time for that. I just want to get into it. But then when you start like hurting some things, you're going to take some time and really take care of your body. And I know I need to, because if you want to do it for a long time, you got to preserve the body. So stretching is important. But when you're young, you ain't really got to stress.
0: You just don't like to listen, man. You like to do it your way, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try to tell you. Okay, running versus walking, which is better? They, they say, you know what I mean, running is better than walking. Is that true?
1: Yeah, I believe so. I mean, walking is cool, but eventually I think you should pick up the
0: pace a bit. You know? Yeah. Now,
1: and my I already
0: Walk, okay. I know the answer to this, but they say, man, I got the flu. I'm sick. I can't work out. Is that a, is that a myth? Because you're sick, you can't work out?
1: Nah, dog. So when I get sick, I go right to the I go right to the gym. Let me sweat <laughs> the gym out. You know what I'm saying? Like if you get yeah. I think it helps. Like you sweat it out, you feel better.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about exercise weights are better than free weights? Well like the machines? The machine weights. The machine weights are better than free weights. Yeah. Because
1: the free weights, they, like, you got to use your stabilizers and your core to, to control. The, I, the the free weights, you be, I believe you get more out of it. And okay. Yeah, definitely. I mean, okay. it's, it's work, but it
0: ain't work. So basically, all these people that are buying all these, you know, uh, these resistance bands and all this other stuff... If you could get to a gym, get to a gym. But right now, because we're in COVID, you could...
1: the resistance bands are good, though. Like, it's okay. the it's time and the place for everything. But, like, okay. if you're trying, you know what I'm saying, yeah. going to the jungle, you need to go into the jungle <laughs> with
0: the apes. Like, yeah, like the gorillas. yeah the gorillas, yeah. So, throw so, that weight around. Right. So, you know, they say abs are not made in the gym, but they're made in the kitchen. So, <laughs> is dieting better than exercising? Because, you know, I know some people. They run in every day and they still look the same, bro.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, they and I don't I don't know them, but if you run in and you want to still eat the food that you shouldn't be eating, like the cheeseburgers every day, they kind of like balances it out. Like if I run, yeah. I can eat a burger and I don't yeah. change. But if you take your diet serious and your workout serious, you'll see a definite change. Yeah. But I think they run hand in hand, definitely. So.
0: It and I'm, this is a this is kind of like the last one. So, what about I actually I got two more. If you sweat and that means you're out of shape, is that true? No, oh. no, nah.
1: that means you getting it in. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that I, so, mean. I ain't gonna lie though. So, sometimes I'll be feeling like, man, you know, like I'm sweating hard and I'm I'm struggling a little bit because I, I run oh. up hills, I do, I do hills. You should, yeah. That's that's that resistance coming towards me, but um, yeah. you know. Um, and then, last but not least, are crunches the best for your core? Is that the only way you're gonna get the, you know, the six pack? Or you know what I mean?
1: I honestly, I think uh, I sprint, and okay. why does it help? Spr- sprinting helps your core, but I do think cr- like if you, I mean, if you're not eating right, you can crunch all you want, and <laughs> no you, <man>. gonna have, <laughs> you gonna have, you gonna have You seen the people with the muscles over the belly? You're gonna get that. But I feel
0: like you dieting it right, crunches, uh, ups, that's 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 good. Yeah. Oh man, yo. <laughs> well, thank you for clearing up some of those myths, man. You know, yeah. Um, as we start to, you know, wrap up, man. Um positive deposits is is built on you know transforming minds and change lives. And so I want you to just tell those those survivors, those mm-hmm. recently diagnosed patients three up to three if you can three positive deposits that'll help them get through what they're going through
1: mm, i I'm, i got four of them for you okay even better um desire attitude will and grind um, <laughs> but out of all of that is one thing that matters and the only thing that matters is your truth and you have to you have to you have to fall in love with your truth to the point where nobody can tell you that it's not true. Mm. And, and this is what I mean by that. Like your name is your name. If somebody walks up to me and calls me Eric, I won't answer because I know what my name is. So for my, for my dogs is battling cancer. You got to know that you're healed and this does not define like this will not stop me. If you put that in your mind and said, my truth is I am, I will defeat cancer. No matter what news you hear, it won't affect you because you know, which like you hold your truth high. This is what it is. Like you can tell me, you can tell me I'm going to die. You can tell me everything you want, but as long as I believe in my truth, I'm going to be okay. That's the number one thing. And the desire, attitude, will, and grind, that's going to see you through the process. But above all, your truth has to be bigger than the facts. The facts are, in stage four cancer, when the chemo don't work, you are gonna die in a couple of months. The facts are, uh, you stopped taking the chemo, and when you came back, it wasn't gonna work, and, and yeah. you're not gonna make it. Like the facts don't mean anything because yeah. the facts is somebody else's experience. So when your truth, like, it, <laughs> not because when I'm like, people think because this is how it's been, yeah, it has to be the same for me. Right. what about the people that create new things? What about the people who break records? Like, it It can be done. You just yeah. have to believe it. You feel exactly. me? And exactly. so believe your truth over the facts.
0: Man, that's powerful. And, you know, I just want to say thank you, man. Thank you for coming on and um, not only sharing your story, but your testimony and, and your truth. It's your yeah. truth, man. And yeah. I I appreciate you. I applaud you as a uh, stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma conqueror I'm gonna start using that conqueror yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so uh if folks want to follow you man and and, and you know kind of get up that hill how can they they reach you man how can they reach you
1: uh, I'm on Instagram at dog dawg underscore culture the same thing on Twitter okay. um, and well, Facebook dog culture LLC and yep. then I have my own page where okay. I, I do my speaking they kind of run hand in hand and yeah. on both twitter and instagram is at gun G U N N D A W G ceo
0: well see well you know where to find him he has some great motivational speaking videos man and if you want to get up on that hill you got to get up at 5 a.m I will yeah. definitely be up at five a.m. sometime yeah. this week or next week. So you hold me to it. Hold me at. to it, um, because I'm gonna run up the hill and run up the alley. You know what I mean? Run up the alley. And um, and so um, you know, you're you're you're, you're tuning into Positive Deposits, where we transform minds and change lives. We you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Mm. Yeah, we we all those are the four. You know nice. what I mean? Um, and and definitely donate. To this cause, this without your, your support on positive deposits.org, we can't make this happen. And so, um, uh, me and dog culture, we're going to be doing positive deposits, and dog culture is definitely going to do some big things. And, I love it. And, and Mike, man, I appreciate you, man. And um, until next time, signing man, off,
1: I appreciate you having me, brother.